0: us, move us, Father I ask that you would use the words of my mouth to go deeper into people's hearts, that you would, you would change us and make us more like you, in Jesus name, everyone said, Amen. Amen, oh how good is God by the way, how good is God, is anyone just like pumped about how good our God is? I am just so pumped about following Jesus and before I start, as you know, last night was a little bit disappointing for me (laughs) and many other Territorians with the elections but I asked the Lord on the way home, like Father, I don't want disappointment to sit in my heart, can you speak to me? And I made a space for him to speak to me. And he did. And he just, he's the perfect friend because he always knows the perfect thing to say. (laughs) Because he understands me more than he understands, like anyone else, even my amazing husband. I said, Father, I just, I I don't want disappointment to take root in my heart and to stop dreaming big because you can have faith and believe for things and then it lands in a different way. Like, how do I land this? Lord, speak to me. And is like, he speaks to us. Guys, he spoke to me and touched my heart and I just feel, oh, Lord, so refreshed. He said, Ruth, like, your hope is not in reformation in the Northern Territory. You have faith for that. Your hope is not in territory alliance. Your hope is not in this, not in this. You've got faith for that and you hope for that, but your hope is in me. And I will never let you down. And I just felt like all of my insides just took a big breath. Oh. So much peace. Like so we do, we do have times of disappointment and we do feel sad. But man, my hope is in Jesus and he always meets me. And I have peace and I have joy. And he is my hope and he never, and never disappoints. So just a little, just in case anyone's battling disappointment... I just want you to know he can speak into that (laughs) and he's got the word for every single situation whatever your situation is today whatever your situation is when you make a space and you're like Father can you just speak into this right here right now whatever that is because all of us have got situations that God can speak into ask God questions and he will speak the right answer into that whatever it is how good is that? Anyway, that wasn't even that wasn't even the direction we're going in. That's a little bonus for you all. <laughs> Here we go. Ah, oh, what is our mission together as the body of Christ, as the people of God, as the children of the Most High Creator of the universe? We to know Him and make Him known. Like Tom said before, we at Glory City Church, we want to continue to spare each other on. This is our mission. We want to know Him and make Him known. We are called to know God and make Him known. And that is our purpose and that is our bearing in life. Mm. And you know what? It looks like something. That's the exciting thing. I am pursuing the Lord with my whole life and that needs to have a practical outcome working in my life. It needs to look like something every day, every week, every month. I'm not just going to sit in my room and enjoy the Lord and keep Him to myself. That would make me burst. It looks like something when you know God and you know someone that knows God because something's looking really good in their life, hey? So when we look at Jesus and we look at the life that He lived and He has called us, to live the life that he's lived, he's called us. We are his sons, we are his daughters. We look like him. Surely it's got to look like something in my life as I live out my faith in him. What does the gospel look like in your life? What does it look like in my life? What does it look like? What does the gospel, it is the most powerful message that has ever, ever been shared with anyone in the world. In all of the history, in all of the future to come, the most powerful message is the truth of Jesus, that is the gospel. And if it hasn't rocked you to the core yet, oh, Holy Spirit, rock us. Rock us more. Let's cry out, get on our knees. Father, I want the gospel to look like something in my life. What does it look like in your life? This is the question that I want to ask you today. And I would love for the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to speak to us today. Every single one of us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. We want the gospel to look like something in our life. What would you like it to look like? So I want you to be asking the questions today. Father, what does the gospel, what does having a relationship with you, what does being a Christian look like in my life? What do I want it to look like? What are the things that stir me? How can I practically touch the world around me? How can the the gospel touch the people in my world? I look at the life of Jesus and man, the gospel was powerful in his life and because he loved people, he he reached out and touched people and the gospel looked like... To someone that was blind, it was healing their eyes. To someone that was bleeding, it was to heal that bleeding. To someone that was filled with demonic torment, it was to set them free. For someone that was poor, it was to bring hope. I was reading Luke this week, and there's a beautiful story, beautiful story of Jesus is going to um, the city of Nain, I think it is. And it's like, like he's got his disciples, and there's the multitudes following him because they're captivated by Jesus. And, you know, if you had your disciples and multitudes following you, you could get pretty distracted. But you know what? Jesus noticed this funeral procession that was taking place coming out of the city I'm guessing that there was like mourning and there was a whole bunch of people probably wearing black and crying. And no one came, the Bible doesn't tell us that anyone came out of the funeral and said, Oh Jesus, please come over, come and heal this person. But it says, Jesus was moved with compassion at this widow who had lost her only son. And he went up and he stopped the people carrying the coffin. And he raised the boy to life. He brought this man, the only son of a widow, back to life because he was moved with compassion. Man, Jesus' heart stirred for people. He had compassion for people. And I have learned, my sisters and brothers, that the things that stir you, the things that move you to compassion are probably... Something the Lord has sown into the fabric of your core to move you to action. What is it that stirs your heart to compassion, to action? What is it? Um, for me, I'm in this amazing season of full on motherhood with five tiny little world changes and I'm in this world of mums and one of my main ministries like first to my family this is the world of mums and oh my goodness becoming a mum opened my eyes to this whole bunch of like incredible and powerful, strong, incredibly vulnerable women who have been like maybe chasing a career or being really capable and doing all these wonderful things and then all of a sudden they're just like, like have these little people. It is, it is crazy going from like being able to achieve things to not being able to achieve anything at all and being sleep deprived and like eating crusts off the floor and like, oh my gosh, what is becoming of me? hairy legs, hairy armpits, like, oh, craziness. <laughs> no time for yourself anymore. And in and this world of, like, being a mother, it was totally, like, humbling for me, but I've come into this world, there's, and I'm like, man, I've got Jesus. It's hard for someone with Jesus, it's like, I feel like I was, you know, capable before I had kids, but... Man, what about all the women that were struggling before they became mums and the women that don't know Jesus, the women that don't have incredible communities and support systems? And I've gone into this amazing world of mums and just thrown myself into play groups, into um, just connecting with any mums anywhere I can. If I see a kid having a tantrum at a shop, I will, like, go up to that mum and be like, Man, you are doing so great. Can I give you some music bars for your kid? Or, like, can I, like, well done. Like, just want to champion mums. And um, just recently, Ezekiel started soccer, and in his um, soccer team, there's a whole bunch of fresh mums that I hadn't met before, actually um, a new one, a little bit. And it is a beautiful bunch of mums, I've really just loved building a um, a friendship group out of these mums. One of them is um, a beautiful Muslim woman, another one um, is a Christian, and then there's all the way in between like some just don't have a faith and a lot of them have really really struggled being mums because they're capable women and it's just been really really tough having kids and being humbled and not doing what they were really good at and trying to figure out what it looks like to be a mum and so I've been able to go in and we went out for dinner um, like last week. And laughed our little hearts out about the crazy things that we do as mums. And I was just able to speak into these women's lives, being able to encourage them, be able to show them how I bring God into situations with my kids. And like how great it is to be a part of Christian community and and what it looks like to do mumming with my faith in Jesus, how that affects that and the strength that the Lord gives to me and the wisdom that he gives me when I don't know what to do and I just stand there and I'm like, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit, like tell me what to do right now. <laughs> so good. This, is, this has become a real mission field for me, mums. So, this, just a little bit of food for thought. But I don't want to go on about these ideas. I've got a few more stories. I'd like to invite a few people up to show you what their mission field is. I've taken ownership of this mum, mum mission field and I'm dreaming and scheming what it looks like further. I have like started writing. I've got almost 100 things that I've written. I started a blog. I only put one up about a year and a half ago. <laughs> But I'm dreaming and scheming. How do I reach mums? How, how do I get into this world of mums and, like, bring Jesus to that? Because right now, I'm in the midst of that. That's my mission field, one of my mission fields. How do I encourage mums? I started this chat on, like, on, um, with a whole bunch of mums online, and it went off. There was a whole bunch of mums that aren't even um, in our community, just mums from around Australia and around the world. Just, oh gosh, I could go on, but just, it has been such a deep encouragement to so many mums to share this space with other, other mums and bounce off each other and ask questions and be vulnerable and be real. And I want, to, I want to reach mums and I want mums to know how incredible it can be raising our kids with the Lord. I want to grow in this area and I want to be able to cheer others on in this area. This is, this is one of my mission fields. But what does it look like for Tom Higgs? Can everyone give Tom Higgs a hand? Come on up. Tom. fire for Jesus and it looks like something in your life. And I admire you as a husband and as a father, but I'd love to know about your mission field, the way that you see your workplace as a mission field. I've got a few questions for you, but can you tell us first, just in case there's people here that don't know where you work, give them a bit of a picture of the landscape
1: So I'm a full-time school teacher over the road at um, Marara Christian College, so you might have seen it as you drove in, and I work in the senior school over there. Um, I've been there for five years, and uh, yeah, I teach visual arts and English, Um, yeah, and uh, because it's a Christian school, I guess we've got pretty open slather on sharing the gospel, and preaching and we actually work like really hard behind the scenes at actually forming our teaching practice based on biblical principles and um, qualities that you know what, what is a successful student like not just academically but as a person so that's kind of a bit of background
0: I know this is a short sharp shiny answer but can you tell us as, as a school teacher who are those who you're ministering to? Because it might not just be the obvious. Who are the people um, that you're ministering to? And then you can give us a, an example or a story. So.
1: Um, well, the people are obviously my colleagues and the students. Um, and I guess sometimes the people who... Serve, serve the school in other ways like we have some independent companies who come in and do like cleaning and different things around the property so there's also opportunities there as well
0: So do you have a story that you'd like to share with us an example of where you've been able to um, minister the gospel to somebody
1: um, Well probably um, I just talk about the impact I've had with my colleagues, so um, someone was doing a devotion in senior school a few weeks back, and uh, I got a mention, which was encouraging. But I was actually late that morning, so I missed the devotion. But uh, they told me about it, and uh, and so I got a summary, and um, they kind of shared on having having the right perspective because they've suffered a lot in their workplace with like anxiety, and they, I think. Um, that person has yeah, struggled with that in the past in different jobs and professions, and um, she talked about how like i 'd really demonstrated to her what it looks like to have a heavenly perspective over situations and circumstances because I tend to keep my peace and keep my cool and you know don 't let the um, small things or, or or the big things like, don 't let anything rob you of your peace and yeah, I don't exactly know what she thought or how she pulled that out because it wasn't there. But I just thought it was super encouraging that I was hearing from other teachers that, oh, I was mentioned in so-and-so's devotion this morning because of how I'd encouraged her and impacted her life. So that's probably not obvious because there's all the kids as well. But. Do you
0: have
1: any of the kids that you want to tell us? Well, the kids, you know, we, we just... Uh, I just love having a relationship with them, you know, I don't really come in at it like I've got an agenda and that's kind of what they're expecting, Christian school, they're going to get the talks and you know, there are the talks, but I try and keep them short, sharp and shiny um, and I've been told by my kids regularly, sir, you're going on, keep it short, um, but yeah, just loving them, building relationship with them, like, you, you know that saying, you can't influence what you don't love? Like it actually, you've just got to, like I just so love the kids and I see um, value in every single one of them. Sometimes they come like, oh, they, they, you don't at first see the lovely characteristic of everyone, do you, you know? But it's so important that everyone you need to search out and be able to find that in everyone and love them for who they are and where they're at, um, regardless of whether they're a believer or wh- wh- where they stand or how pleasant they might be. They're all made in the image of God, so they're all they're all super valuable and worthy of love. That's
0: alright. I've I've also loved seeing how you've been able to maintain a relationship with kids even after they've finished school and being able to encourage them in their faith and in their and their families. Um, kids know when they're loved. Hey, could you um, last off? Could you give us some advice in how what advice would you give us in seeing our workplace as more than just a workplace? How do we see it as adopt it in our heart, our mind, as as a ministry or a mission field? What have you done that's it's different from just going to work every day?
1: Well, I think um, because I'm free from expectation because my value isn't defined by my performance in, a, in the workplace. Like, I'm not actually... Um, my sense of well-being and value is completely disconnected from my performance in any way, shape or form because I'm not trying to live, to some, live up to some improvement standard, you know? And so um, when I got free from all that expectation, I realised, wow, oh my gosh, so many people even in the Christian workplace that I'm in, are living under this constant weight of expectation that they're trying to live up to, to perform, to please people. And so, I mean, I think that every one of you, regardless of what you do, when you know the love of God for yourself and you're securing that foundation, like you get to speak life into people that's related to their value as an individual, outside of their value performing in the workplace or all of that stuff. Because I find that that actually frees people up to walk in peace and actually be way more effective in what they do as well. Because fear and anxiety and stress actually makes you less productive and and strangles your ability to walk in peace. So I think that would be the biggest key, you know.
0: Can everyone give Tom a hand? Thanks so much, Tom. I really love how you see your workplace as your mission field. And as more than just work, but ministry. So thanks so much, Tom. Can I ask up Wayne? Wayne. Wayne, you have been doing some street evangelism. Can you please share um, what, just so we understand, what it is that you have been doing?
2: So Luke and I have been going out, um, just first of all we get together and we, we just pray and ask the Lord where does he want us to go and um, also to use us where his hands and his feet. So uh, if we're moving we figure he can use us and so we've been going into um, the Gateway Shopping Centre, um, we've been into the city as well and just asking the Lord to highlight people and um, not, that's not always been the case where he's highlighted people but we've got to pray over the areas that we've been in so we'll walk around the city and, and pray and sort of take back the land the enemy has stolen and, and um, yeah when he highlights somebody though uh, he may give you a word of knowledge um, that you can share or it might just simply be walking up and telling them how much the Father loves them and when they encounter the love of the Father then that's the Holy Spirit right there he, he saturates them they receive and then that opens up to prayer and also possibly the the invitation to salvation as well so yeah
0: could you share just one story for us about an encounter that somebody you've had with somebody on the street as you guys have been sharing jesus
2: um i'll try and keep it down (laughs) but um we were down in townsville and uh, it was when chanter was in hospital And we were up in the hospital room and um, I just heard heard very clearly, get a coffee. And so I mentioned to Sharon, we need to get a coffee. And she said, oh no, we'll just go to the coffee room and we can get one free there. And so we went in and, um, well actually we didn't go there. I said, no, we've got to go down and get a coffee. And so we went downstairs and on the way down we came out of the elevator and there was a guy sitting against the wall and he had a mask on. And uh, it was the mask that the Lord highlighted. And I just said, Lord, if that's the person, may he still be there when we come back. And um, we made it to the cafeteria and we're going to get our coffee. And I said to Sharon, oh, did you bring the cards? Because we like to play cards. And she didn't. But, so she went back upstairs to get the, the deck of cards. And um, I went over to order. And as I went over to the counter to order, I just said hello to a guy as I passed. Ordered the drinks. And as I came back, I sat down. And the guy I said hello to had a mask, and the mask was sitting on the back of his head. And uh, it turned out later on that he had, had cancer. Um, he was eating and drinking, so that's why he put the mask on the back of his head. But then they called my name, so, and, and when I saw the mask, I just asked the Lord, how's this conversation going to come about? And then they called my name, went up, got the drinks, and as I'm walking back, he saw the drink that Sharon ordered, and um, he said, oh, he started a conversation. And he said, oh, you're going to love that. And uh, In the end, I just invited him over for a game of cards. And then as he's playing the game of cards with Sharon and I, he made a comment, and that was that he's been given a second chance of life. And when he said that, the door flew open, and we just shared the whole journey of us being down there at that particular moment of time where that was his divine love encounter right there. And... um, the, the Holy Spirit just hit him. The love of the Father just hit him and he was crying and, um, yeah, gave his heart to the Lord then and there. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: So the, the first time you met this guy, you were able to connect, share the gospel and he gave his life to Jesus. Oh, isn't that amazing? And then you bought him a Bible. Lena, I love how intentional... You are when you're out and about with strangers to look for opportunities to share the Lord with people and we can really learn from that. Can you give us um, a bit of advice? How would people who haven't really done what, you've, what you're doing like so normally now, so naturally, how could, how could people start sharing the gospel? What, what practically um, kind of advice can you give for us?
2: Oh. So first of all, um, we invite anybody who wants to come along, to come along. Um, if you talk to me later on and just give me your details, we're going to try and get a Voxer group going and then we'll, that'll just give an avenue that if somebody, because of the different shifts that we, we work, uh, if I'm going, I'll put a message in, hey, I'm going here, anybody want to come and they can message back and say, yep, and we'll meet there. Um, so but, out, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So we invite anybody who wants to come, come on out. But um, I remember the first time I did, I just asked the Lord to fill my heart with his love for the lost. And I pulled up at a set of traffic lights and I looked at a carload of people and they were just sitting there. And the next thing I was sobbing. And I'm there, Lord, what's going on? And it was, I felt his heart for the people in the car because it was like they didn't know the Lord. And I, I just, from that moment on, I just thought, Lord, just just use me. If, if we're willing to be used by him, he will use you. And uh, just be att- attentive to his voice. Um, yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Wayne. So, I feel so blessed and so encouraged um, to do some street evangelism and engage with the lost on the streets like you have. Um, so if you'd like to come and chat to Wayne at all, this is a great on-ramp, so it's a great opportunity. And if you hang out with Wayne and you watch him do it, and then you give it a try, um, you get like eventually you'll find yourself doing it, even when you're not with Wayne. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wayne. Give him a hand, guys. Um, Tommy and Esther, one or both, whatever you guys have decided. Here you go. Take a seat. Yeah. Take a seat. Tommy and Esther, you guys, um, would you like to tell us what it is that you guys do as one of your ministries?
3: Uh, So one of the things that we are a part of is going into Dondale, the local youth juvenile centre, um, two to three times a week and going and loving on the young people in there and the officers too and um, yeah we just see that they're some of the most disenfranchised young people in our nation um, with pretty well 99% of them being young indigenous um, people from across the territory and so yeah we just love going in and loving on them and being a friend to them and just sharing the love of God.
0: Preaching the gospel, and you guys do such a great job. I've heard so many amazing stories of these kids encountering Jesus. Can you pick one story to share with us right now?
4: Um, Got to be so careful, yeah, because we're not allowed to say names or anything. But um, so there's one, there's one young man in there that. Um, Initially when we would go in, he was so and this is often the case, that it's very um very cold, don't engage at all, just like keep that distance. Um Yeah. And it's it's relationship. It's really relationship that breaks that down and it's why we're really in there. Like we want we want to build relationship with these with these youth. Um and I wasn't actually in there, the, this, the session that this happened, but um, yeah, it was you that actually engaged with him.
3: Yes. So, one, this young man, um, I just began chatting with him because he'd always had this sharp wall up and I just got the, began to get these just words of knowledge um, for the Father heart of God for him and just the absence of his own father and the way that God desired to be a father to him and he said, yeah, let's sit over here. So we went away and just got to sit down and just share the father heart of God with him and you could just see his heart was just hungry for what we spoke of and just right then and there he just decided to get born again and invite the father to father him. And it was like a flip of the switch with this boy, and he's I, I don't know if I've actually ever seen such a transformation in in a young person in there. Or, yeah, he his his whole countenance changed, and I have a friend who's a social worker in there, and she's hanging out with the girls' block, and she said, "Oh yes, yeah, so and so told me." so-and-so's got religion now and no not religion what do you say he just talks about god all the time and is preaching the gospel to all of his inmates and he just he began katie introduced him to the guitar and he just got glued to this guitar and just worship songs and um yeah his he was like a different person by the time that he left and moved on to the adult prison and Katie and I were able to go and visit him in there and just continued um, relationship with him even
0: after he moved on. So that was a very cool testimony. That is such a cool story. How many, how many kids do you think that you have either seen come to Jesus or encountered Jesus in some way? Two? Ten? Fifteen? Fifty? Three hundred. All of them.
3: Let's just say I, we've, I've been going in for four years, and so over that time, there's a lot of boys that come in or out, and there's a lot of boys that you'll continually see over many years. So we're continually, like, yeah, 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 there is discipleship that's going on. It's not
0: just one-offs all the time. So continual process. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to give people an idea that there's been a lot of kids. I'm always hearing fresh stories from Esther of kids that are encountering Jesus. Last question, if there's other people out here whose heart are stirred for youth at risk and kids in the juvenile system, how can they get involved in something like this? Is there space for more volunteers? What does it look like?
4: There is absolutely space. so currently we go in Mondays, every Monday, Tuesday afternoon, and then once a month on a Sunday. And, and really we, we want to be going in more. Like the, it's, it's consistency in relationship that, that unlocks things with these kids because it's largely what they don't have in their life. They don't have people that just love them consistently. Um, so that, that, is, that is actually something to keep in mind, that like we, we, we look for, if you're wanting to volunteer, we look for consistency because it's so important and it's so key with, with the boys in there. But yeah, just come and talk to us. Like we're in a bit of a transition stage at the moment with a few things that are going on, but we would love to have you along if, you're, if your heart's tugging in that direction at all. And honestly, personally, my heart, I, I wanted to do something, so I started going to Dondale and since, going in my heart has grown a lot going in not not like i didn't have a roaring heart for it before i went in Uh, my heart actually grew a lot for it yeah just come and talk to us
3: and if you don't have the time pray for us yeah because we know that it's not against flesh and blood but it's against you know powers and principalities and we would just want to do things
0: in the spirit because that's where it happens Amen. And the Lord loves moving amongst brokenness. Thanks so much, guys. Can everyone give Tommy and Esther a clap? Can I invite my dear brother Jimmy to come on up? Jimmy, can you please tell us about hands and feet?
5: <laughs> hands and feet. Yeah, that's what we call it. Um, yeah, so Hands and Feet's just basically, um, we've been able to shop at Food Bank, for probably most of you know that's like really cheap shopping for food, and um, that just gives us the opportunity to go and cook for people, or share food on the streets, minister to people, really, um, yeah, anything you want to do. I've done up um, bags of shopping and dropped it around people's houses, and Um, Even had people come back to my house and cook with them. And it's just a tool to be able to connect and just love on people. And, um, yeah, so there's, as we know, there's lots of hungry people on the streets of Darwin. So it always, you always get, you get in there with it. So that's basically what, how I use food to connect with people and preach the gospel.
0: And I know you've got quite a few stories, Jimmy, of people being touched and blessed but could you pick one for us, one story?
5: Um, I think one story that was was really um, surprising is when I went to drop some groceries off to um, a guy's house that I'd never met and I was actually invited over from uh, a long grass bloke that I'd been hanging out with and just... Um, become friends with, and so he brought me over there and so I, I took a couple of bags of food over and when I went in the house, he was just overwhelmed he just nearly broke down crying he couldn 't understand um, why, and he just kept t- he kept asking me like why why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this? He was so touched and um, so i 'm spending time with him in the kitchen, just unpacking the groceries and talking to him about why I'm doing what I'm doing and um, then my, my friend who introduced me to him because I hang out with him quite a bit and he's sort of like um, he helps me basically pray for the mob and just like preach the gospel and love on people um, he's, he comes up to me and he's, he's like come over here, come over here and I'm trying to like tend to this guy who's sort of touched in the moment and I'm like, what is it, what is it? And he's like, and I'm, I'm hearing in this side room, this guy um, who is grieving because he's um, just lost his cousin. And he's in the bedroom and he's like wailing. It was, it was intense. I've never experienced anything like it. And um, he's like, um, go in there and pray for him, pray for him. And so I'm sort of not sure, like, you know where I can't just go into people's rooms and stuff like that. Um, I get the I get the okay, and I go in there, and um, yeah, he was beside himself, uh, in a ball on the bed, just crying and screaming, and um, I just embraced him and just um, I just didn't know what to do in the moment, but really just um, commune with the Holy Spirit and just receive the heart of God for him and and um, And all I could do is just hug him and just prayed over him. And I just felt the presence of God just fill the room. And I think something that Tommy said, which is so powerful, is when you engage in this type of thing, there's a measure that you are feeling the heart of God and the grace of God. But as you're in there doing it is when things just crack open more and more and you actually just receive um, so much more of, um, the heart of God, and you know why you're doing what you're doing. So in that moment, um, I was just getting so blessed with just God's heart for him, and um, yeah. So I prayed for him a lot. And then this this guy sort of got a bit aggressive out in the kitchen, came in, and uh, um, yeah, it was a bit. It was very interesting. And that's what I find myself in in these positions is like you go in and you think you have a bit of an idea. Of what's going to happen, but because you've never done it before, you find out, and then that's just like walking with God, and um, it's amazing. It stretches your heart, and um, and I feel like that's how we learn how to grow in wisdom and discernment, the power of God, is um, by putting ourselves in those positions. So.
0: And we don't endorse women to go into strange places by themselves, but. <laughs> Um, Jimmy, we do see that um, using this amazing tool or ministry this food as a resource it has um, opened so many doors um, and you've made it you want to um, make this tool or this resource available to everybody practically, how can we come and get um, a whole bunch of this food so we can you know cook up a meal for somebody or um, just deliver some goods to Um, people that we know that could could really bless and open up doors to share the love of Jesus? What does it look like practically?
5: Um, It doesn't have to look like uh, ministering to the long grasses. It can look like um, some friends that you work with that you know are going through a hard time and you can, you know, you've got access to free food through through this program so you can contact me, get food, you can cook it up um, and you can yeah take it over to them and bless them or you can have them over for a meal um yeah really it's just anything that you can feel that you'll be able to just get into people's lives and just touch them by cooking for them or um yeah it can look like anything really so yeah just get in the presence of God and let God touch your heart for it and and he'll show you how to do it
0: Thank you, Jimmy. And so people can just give you a call and come and just grab a bunch of goodies. Any time or any particular time? Any time. Thank you, Jimmy. You've been a great example and inspiration in um, just practically using resources to take the gospel to people. And love looks like something and you've made it look like something. Can everyone give Jimmy a hand? Mm. I'm so aware that... All of you here are amazing and more than capable of sharing the gospel and you do in your sphere of influence. I know, I can look around and I know that there's, you're all movers and shakers in your own right and, you know, to Sam, her um, company, her dance company is an amazing ministry to all of us, the things that we do. Our work is our ministry, our, our friends, our life is ministry, but I would love to Open up a time now for us just to let the Lord speak to us. Father, how can I? How can I see your gospel, see your kingdom in the world around me into greater measure? Father, is there is there something else that you want to stir in my heart to action? Is there a ministry or an on-ramp I can get on? Can I go out with Wayne so I can become more comfortable sharing the gospel with the lost? Can I get involved in, um, you know, with Tommy and Esther or grab some food from Jimmy and go bless some people? What does it look like, Father? Because you are so good. You are so good. I want the world to know how good you are. Guys, if the world knew how good God was, that would be here. There is still more space for the world out there